With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful time. Um, Happy New Year and all the good stuff. Uh, I know this is probably coming out second week in or third week in January. So I should have said Happy New Year beforehand, but we we batched up a load of podcasts during Christmas time so I could take a few a few weeks off. Um, podcast time and it is amazing to start the year or not even start the year third weekend I know sorry um, Alan Fitzpatrick owner of We Are The Brave released an album called Machine Therapy not so long ago remixes are coming out of that right now don't forget to go check that out after this podcast really really nice chat um, really good conversation love this so uh, without further ado Alan Fitzpatrick Alan Fitzpatrick, we are live. How's it going, man? Yeah, man, all good. Happy New Year. You too, mate. It's good to um, good to finally meet you. We've been speaking for a while, um, so it's good to <laughs> yeah. speak face to face. How's life? Yeah, it's all good. All good. I think um, it's quite a nice, um, <clears throat> relaxing start to the year for me. Really, I, yeah. I um, I, I had flu on not the twenty. 20- Eighth or 29th, so yeah. I've had the quietest Christmas and New Year ever. And my, my New Year's Eve was um, was cancelled. I was supposed to be in Rome. Yeah. Um. So I, I yeah, I, I feel like tip top because I've obviously I'm over the flu now, and um, I haven't got any regrets from coming into the New Year feeling hanging or feeling coming like from like an afters or anything like that. So I'm all all good. That's the worst thing, isn't it? When you kind of start the year and you're absolutely hanging because you've just done like a fuck ton of shows and you're like i don't know what to do with myself i've got to do the whole year again and still feel shit at the beginning of it it's not fun yeah it, it can can be super stressful like that. i mean i've got um yeah got quite lucky i mean although although it's annoying to have some cancelled gigs as well i've got quite a um a chilled january because a lot of my stuff um has had, has had to be postponed based on where it is you know really um, yeah no, i'm supposed to be in france next week and and they're not letting any English people in the country <laughs> anyway. Um, you can't even transit through France. So they just yeah. hate us, don't they? The French just know, fucking yeah. hate us. So there's, there's that, and obviously I've got um, Northern Ireland and a few other bits mm. around that basically aren't aren't open. So at the end of the month, I'll be back to work. Nice um, man. Last weekend of this month. Yeah, I'm. I start next week um, again. Yeah. I'm back to the states, and it's kind of like every weekend from then on, really. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's. Yeah, it's all, it's all, the world's a strange place right now. It's a very strange place. It's weird, man. It's weird. It's been been weird for a long time. We're coming up two years of weirdness now, aren't we? March, March 20, whatever it is, will be the sort of, um, I guess, the anniversary of the first lockdown in the yeah. UK and stuff. So it's coming up. Um, yeah. Have you found it? I mean, it was, uh, initially it was crap, you know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on and went through a lot of ups and downs in terms of, um, you know, feeling a bit lost and not mm. knowing really what I was doing um, with myself, really. But yeah. I mean, all I've, I've all I've done for for the last fifteen, 
20 years is music orientated stuff and touring and everything else so when yeah. that was halted it was like well what do i do now so i didn't even make music for the first six months i was yeah. just basically you know with, with no word of a lie like come 11 o'clock i'd open a beer and watch telly and it, it, it would just spiral from there you yeah. would do nothing <laughs> like proper proper lazy and then and i think six months in i was like right let's let's put this to some good use and that's mm. when the machine therapy came yeah about and i was writing loads of music and you know anyone that's heard that album can can sort of hear that i wasn't really writing for clubs i was just making music mm. um because there weren't you know it's just the only way music was getting consumed was on spotify or, yeah. or any other streaming service or whatever so it allowed me to just not be constricted to kind of dance or just write music and luckily it all coherently came together as an album and it could have could have just been all over the place because i quite literally was going into the studio making music and not having any real agenda really that was Um, that was the weirdest thing for me as well is that you're like so for the first six months i just wrote a fuck ton of music Um, a lot of it was club orientated and then i went through the phase of like i don't know what's even gonna sound good in a club because we don't know when clubs are gonna be back again and it was like that's when i was like okay I can just write what the fuck I want, but it was it was a weird concept because I, I think it was the kind of similar for a lot of us where we were just like we write dance music and we write club music and we kind of it's kind of just our business, right? We have to we have to write that because we want to play music in our. I sets. always say that the, the the writing part is as much as it's enjoyable. The writing part is also your business card to go mm-hmm. touring. You know what I mean, one hundred percent. We need it, but. It was massive dip in streams during during lockdown as well because people just weren't going to clubs. People weren't experiencing the music in the clubs. Yeah, um, I think people people um, were sort of nostalgically looking back. So yeah. no one was interested in any new music because no one had any relationship with yeah, any of those exactly. music, with any of those tracks. But you know, people were listening to kind of old old stuff that or stuff that they did have a reminiscing yeah. or something like that do you know what I mean wishing there was clubs open but in terms of new music it was a nightmare because yeah just, you know, no one really wanted to kind of you know people learn learn um, a love of a track on the dance floor hearing it on the radio or like you know having having it on in the car mm. when they're with their mates when they go into a venue or they, you know you build up a I don't know if you're the same but when you I can close, them, close certain tracks you close your eyes you have a memory of something that yeah. reminds you of that track or you build a relationship with it when you haven't got any of that then the new music sort of struggles because people it goes over everyone's head yeah and I think there was a lot of music that that purpose that the people purposely met wrote to kind of for, I, I call it formulaic nostalgic music where yeah. it kind of like sounded like an old trance record or yeah, something yeah. That, massive, that massive piano hook exactly <laughs> that like it brings it's like the sense us like the sense of smell you kind of go past somebody and like fuck that reminds me of like whatever some yeah. ex-girlfriend or whatever and yeah. and then like fuck that was that smells really good but it was kind of the similar thing with like a lot of the music that came out in lockdown that did really well was like formulaic nostalgic music yeah or big or just big hooky yeah yeah stuff stuff that like I mean, we're all, you know, this, this, the, the term kitchen rave or whatever, yeah. people were like lock, lockdown raves, whatever. It was like you started to consume your dance music when you were like making pasta or mm. <laughs> <laughs> generally you, you would associate with going out and you yeah. were doing it all in your house. So, 
yeah, you're right. I think those sort of bigger records that made people feel nostalgic seem to do quite well. What was weird for me, though, was like, I'm, I can't think off the top of my head how many, but there's probably two or three um, releases I did throughout the lockdown period that I put out before I'd ever even heard it in a club. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? And, and obviously, I was so paranoid because obviously first weekend back when clubs open on playing tracks i'm thinking if this hi-hat's too loud it's out you know, i can't do anything about that like if i need to push the bass or if i need to give this kick some mid-range yeah. none of that can happen it's basically there like if it sounds shit it's shit i can't do anything about it so that was weird like you know going in quite blind from that i mean i'll play all my stuff out and then i'll tweak a bit or I'll change this or whatever but yeah never, never loads but i think not having that ability to do that and music just having to be you know trusted by a master and engineer once it's gone out and you're like yeah sounds good at home it sounds good i mean i don't know if that's any good when it goes out but. It, it made us try and be better producers because a lot of the time for me i don't know about you but i just like literally just spend zero time actually on the making of it sound good it's more like a vibe and then yeah. and then i get so used to the vibe it's technically not always technically not the best sounding record but it works yeah. for the dance floor. I'm, I'm the same I'm, I'm not i'm not a producer that spends i, I don't spend two hours on a kick drum because mm. i would just i would just i would just i would just close my computer and go oh, yeah. i'll do hours to the, today i would much prefer to throw in a shit sounding kick drum yeah and then and then lay down basically get like two or three minutes of the groove going and then go right now let me change that kick so it's crap mm. but like you working with a, a sort of structure of getting to a point where you're like yeah, this is wicked. This yeah, is out yeah. When you start finessing things, you know what I mean? No, I totally agree with that. It's, for me, it's just about the vibe. Like, the, the records that you make in a couple of hours are the best records. The records that take months to, to, to finish, you're like, yeah, this isn't it. It's not the one. Yeah. Yeah, it starts to get pretty... Uh... Pretty, pretty difficult yeah. when it gets I want to know, because, like, I've been aware of you for a pretty, quite a, while, a long time now, but um, where did it all start for you? Um, for me, it was, like, basically the whole kind of rave, early rave generation of the sort of early 90s, I was listening mm. to this kind of... You know, Dreamscape, Tasmania, Helter Skelter, um, One Nation, all these kind of like tape pack yeah. raves in my on my Walkman as a kid at school. You know, and um, I would I'd just sort of I had, I had sort of two sides to my musical taste. I was more I was one part of me was like you know uh, drum and bass, hardcore, rave, uh, breaks, techno, hard house that that kind of early 90s sound mm. and the other half was like i was banging to the beatles and oasis and yeah. i was listening to like my early school days i was either like looking like i had hair then <laughs> so i <laughs> I, either, I either looked like liam gallagher or i'd look like liam gallagher stumbling out of a, a of a rave so more like an ian brown you know yeah. what I mean? so <laughs> but yeah so i i i, I think we were a mixed group of um friends and my sort of culture was all that, that early 90s stuff Mm. started getting me into sort of rave music and and dance music and from from that um when i was 15 i think i was we had fake ids and we got into slinky and bournemouth and that's when i was first seeing djs play um and the record shop where we used to buy the tape packs they obviously sold all vinyl on that as well so shortly after i managed to get some money together to get a pair of turntables and i was buying records but when i was buying records it was like 
multiple styles. I wasn't, I didn't really mm. know what I was buying. I was just going, oh, that sounds good. That cover looks good. Yeah. You know, oh, that record's blue. I'll buy that. And like, you know what I mean? And then I slowly was realized that at home you can't mix one 70 BPM <laughs> or ju- uh, jungle into like trance. So it was like, let's try and choose you know, one thing where, where you want to go but ultimately i was a bit of a sponge i used to take in everything i think we miss it now like there's so mm. many brands so many club nights that are built around a sound but when in the 90 in the late 90s early 2000s you could have um you know all sorts of djs on one lineup yeah and the music style might jump all over the place you know so i remember some of the first shows that i did that were like early 2000s and it was like one room would be like house and house and techno. The second room would be like drum and bass. And the third room would be like happy hardcore. And yeah, exactly. it would yeah. just be like, you'd have mi- like a huge mix mash of like people in the club that would eventually all be together and all understand each other's music. Where now it just feels like there's just like massive barriers. Like you go to a tech house night and you only go to a tech house night. You go to like a drum code party and you only go to a drum code party. It's, oh, this is the thing. It's I, weird. I, I, I was, that, that's basically, and that, that is just, unless it's a festival of different stages, yeah. like that is that is the norm now where, you know, I remember when I was first saw like, say Carl Cox, for mm. example, in uh, probably early 2000s, Slinky. And then you might have like Jim Masters or sort of, Jeff Mills, people like that on yeah. on the same lineup. But then in between them, there'd be someone like Lisa Lashes or Andy Farley or someone yeah. that's like a hard house DJ. Mm. Um, or you'd have like Andy C and then a, and then like someone that was like a gatecrasher resident like Scott Bond or whatever yeah. on the same lineup, Scott which Bond. is all over the place. But it was better then because I think that was like what helped me kind of have a bit more of a, an eclectic taste in dance music. Like even now, I, obviously I make te- techno, I make house, I, you know, I make breaks or whatever else and somewhere in between, but that's because of like being into it all. There are some people, and there's some kids now that make techno that only listen to techno 24 yeah. hours a day and like they don't know anything outside of that box, which is fine if that's what you're into. But for me, I'm like, I draw my inspiration from all sorts of different genres. Well, I also just think though, if you're very like single-minded focusly on on genres i think it doesn't last long as in it's we can we can get burnt out very easily i don't know about you but for me like i can't listen to electronic dance music all the time because i just get bored i I, I, I very rarely listen to dance music and that sounds weird because people always say that to me like what do you mean i'm like well if i'm going through my promos if I'm sat in the studio, if I'm on tour, if I'm actually DJing, it's quite a lot of my life is listening to dance music. Exactly. So anytime I'm not doing mm-hmm. um, uh, anything re- work-related, I'm uh, you know I'll be listening to like Bon Iver or something. Yeah. I mean, I'll have something different on. I won't be listening to dance music. Very rarely am I going right. I'm going to cook for the family now, so I'm going to stick on a drum and bass <laughs> mix or something. It just doesn't happen. Like I, I yeah. would put on Ben Howard or I put on Radiohead or do you know what I mean? I'm in a different space. Yeah, I'm the so, biggest. I'm the biggest sad boy listener. Like I yeah. just listen to like sad boy depressing music the whole time. It's like yeah, yeah. suicidal playlists all the time. But it's I love it. It's it's so much happier for me. And you're right. You need a break from it to kind of get away from. I think to even to get inspiration for me, it's just getting the fuck out of dance music nothing yeah, better if I, go, if, I, if I sort of say to myself right you know i'm going to be in this room making my music today then i, I will usually sort of 
make a a decision the day or the few days leading into it if i know i'm going to do a studio session that i won't be listening to anything mm. that's related to what i'm making because it will, i don't want to be influenced i just want to be fresh you know the best yeah. of, i make the best music when i've come into the studio having listened to something that is completely the polar opposite to what i'm going to be doing yeah because i haven't been kind of yeah you know, i hate f- feeling when you get in the studio all oh, right what's 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 big at the moment what's working what are people into like i don't care about that i'm just yeah. making music and if it works it works I find this is a quite a mad thing as well, like especially with like the way music is now for new artists getting into the scene. Like every, everything can be a bit like, does your track fit that playlist? Does mm. your track fit this genre? Especially with just you know, like algorithms and this and that. You're like, can I, can I be just an artist and make what I want to make, or do I have to try and fit it into that box yeah. or that box? It's quite tough. It's, for, for new people it's tough it's i think it's i don't think it, i think it's tough for the whole industry um where you're just constantly trying to fit in and yeah like that's a big pressure that's a real stress on people's mental health yeah and, I, and i'll be honest i've been for a lot of periods where i'm like mm, you know i've been in this game a long time now this year i would have been in the scene kind of 20 years at a very yeah. different levels obviously of course. of course probably the level i'm at now operating for a good 10 12 years touring but you have moments where you're thinking how much longer have i got this day these yeah. sort of new people coming up are they going to like take your spot on this and that actually like a few years ago i decided that i don't i don't care i'm just doing my thing yeah and when my time's up my time's up and if people are still into my music they're into my music and I, that's the best way is to my friends would say the same thing it's like that quote of just stay in your lane and just do yeah. your thing and don't worry about anyone else because when you start it's like instagram fame and everything else you yeah. start questioning all that stuff and you the music comes second and then you start to kind of get proper stressed out of it all. it's that saying isn't it comparison is the thief of joy and and it's kind of what do we start doing why did we start doing this we didn't we didn't start music because we thought we could make a fuck ton of money out of it we didn't think we didn't think music was going to start paying our mortgages or give us a a nice lifestyle we did it because we fucking loved it and we couldn't stand the possibility of someone bossing us around in a nine-to-five job and, exactly yeah and, and and being and being a creative you know yeah no no, no you know, i always refer to it with like if you look at sort of fine artists and stuff like that um bit of a bit of a weird comparison but if you're looking at sort of i'm sure that these famous painters your van goghs and other people didn't go oh i wonder what is his painting better than mine yeah. how many artists has he got how's this sold for they don't care there's art mm. you know what i mean we should be the same when you're making music it doesn't matter how do you um, how do you take yourself away from that though because like for me i i completely agree with you there's some times where i'm like fuck this fuck this industry is fucking terrible and then other days oh, i'm like and then i'm like fuck everybody else like i'm just doing my thing and yeah. like a, re- a release will come out and like it might do really bad or it might do really well but like sometimes i'm just like in the worst frame of mind but how do you kind of get through that I, I guess it's just becoming um i don't think you ever really get over a lot of that yeah. I'm, I'm the same sometimes i'll drop a release i think this is going to do really well and i'm mm. like oh man that just doesn't it hasn't compared to something else but um i think you just get thick skin you just do it you're just yeah. doing it enough and you know you, you can become a bit sort of yeah and sort of numb to it a bit more bit more thick skin really and i think I'm, I'm the same as you sometimes i'll be like buzzing about being 
in the industry and sometimes I'm like, this industry's buckled as fuck and needs to change and then sometimes I'm like it's great yeah so it's you know I think I think that is a good it's good to be like that though I think because it will come across in some of your your, your music totally. right? yeah you'll know that you'll know there's some tracks you've done that if you can listen back to a few years later and be like oh, I know what headspace I was in there I know yeah. what headspace I was in there but and, and I'll be honest I'm guilty of it I can also look back on some of my music and think I clearly made that for a reason of to mm. like get me somewhere where I needed to be or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And some stuff blows up and creates monsters that you didn't expect at all. And then you kind of almost regret that, those 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 tracks. I've, I've got a couple of tracks that I'm like, mm, you know, We Do What We Want is a big track for me. It was Pair One Loves, right? And people yeah. love, especially punters and, 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 and your base and, you know, 20 million streams or whatever it's got. Fucking can't stand that track. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> I've, played, I've played it like, or, well, I haven't played it for many years now, but obviously it was like six years old. I've, people still ask for it. It's a track that, again, was, it launched We Are The Brave. It was the first release, but it's yeah. made for a bit of fun. It's made for a summer festival tune. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, if you sit if David Bowie, God rest his soul, imagine if you ask people like that, like, you know, what do you think of like, Life on Mars or this mm. and that, he'd be like, no, I'm never playing that live again, you know. And well, some someone like him is quite a good inspiration. I've got Bowie's tattoos on my leg. He's one of my my fanboy of Bowie and Prince and people like that. But there, what was great about artists like Bowie is it, once he put an album out, he never ever tore that album again or never tore the tracks on that album. Really? If you ever went to if you ever went to see him and you were like two albums deep and he was like touring the third album, that you'd only hear the music from the third album. He really? wouldn't be playing. Yeah, and it's almost almost a way of like putting that to bed and doing the mm. next thing. <clears throat> yeah, because because I th- I was speaking to the Camel Fat Boys about this as well, and they had this with like Cola, and it yeah. it's like there's 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 the kind of two sides of the argument, isn't it? It's like well, a lot of the fans are coming to see you because they know you through that track, and they want to hear mm-hmm. that track. But then there's that other side of it is like, well, we want to also kind of not without sounding douchey, but like you kind of want to push boundaries and kind of play new shit and kind of get people onto the new shit. But, but it's this like, is my thing. I, I have the same same kind of battle with various people at various times where like, you know, if I if I went to go and see a band that's my favorite band, you're gonna want to hear all the tunes that you know and you totally. want to sing along to it yeah. like, as loud as you can and throw your beer around and go mental, right? Yeah. However, to, for those tunes to have been those tunes, at some point they had to be new, fresh music that yeah. someone didn't know, and then it was broken as the, this is the new music. So mm. I always, I said, we're, we're purveyors of educating people and purveyors of pushing new and exciting music onto punters that come and see us. So it's our job, it's our duty as DJs to push new music um, because. We're, that that that's the future classics. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Your, the music that you're playing now to people could be the next biggest track of yours. Yeah. It's very hard to sort of somewhere in the middle. Listen, when I when I play, I will still drop a few of my big tunes because you naturally will. But yeah. I've definitely become more comfortable since retouring from lockdown and stuff like that. Um, basically after having 18 months of mulling things over and at home, I've definitely become more comfortable now to accept that I'm pushing new music and to not feel pressured to have to play, ah, they're all going to want to hear that, so I'll drop it. And and everyone's everyone's responded really well to it. I mean, you know, we play a lot of shows and, you know, the, the kind of 
DM going, you're fucking shit. You didn't play that track. Well, I bought a ticket to see that track. You didn't yeah. play it. I'm not coming to see you again. And then you reply and be like, yeah, I'm sorry. And they're like, ah, oh, sick set though. Yeah, it was wicked. Yeah. So they, you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like one or the other. So I like to a lot of stuff, but there's sometimes when I get quite nasty, like, oh, this is this, and then you bite back, and then they're like, oh, no, I mean, that's wicked. That was a sick set, though. And what's this new one? What's that new one? So you know it's like it's yeah. one or the other. So, you know, but I think nowadays people know that holding your phone up and asking for a track that's 10 years old is very unlikely that anyone that you go and it's see gonna is going to play, play their tracks like that. They want to play the new stuff. Well, and also it's like how from, like, I've got records from when I was, like, signed to Dirty Bird that I would just never play because I don't play that type yeah. of music anymore. And it's yeah. like... Yeah, it, that's that's been and gone. You just got to sign that off. But I guess the a question for you is: when you came back out of COVID, especially in the UK, for, because you have like people that were sixteen years old that had never seen you before play. Yeah, come into shows because I I played a show. I played Mintfest, and I was in the crowd, and I was like when covid happened these kids weren't even allowed to go to a venue they didn't, they were never they weren't well some of them did obviously we've all had a fake ids and shit but a lot of these people had never yeah, the been majority, the majority of people um post i say post covid is still here but well, i mean post lockdown yeah those people yeah like if you were 16 in march 2020 chances are you are 18 when you get in a club. So you're, exactly. yeah, you're right. People have had a long time of listening to stuff and then finally getting in and maybe being a bit like, oh, no, I didn't play this, this and this. But, but I also think the other way, because there's a whole new crowd of people that like might not even know who we are. That yeah, are just go into the clubs because like, I never forget this years ago. Um, one of my, one of my girlfriends, um, like just, just a mate, she, she was like definitely not into house music at all. Like not yeah. not one bit. And then she texted me, she's like, I'm gonna go see Patrick Toppin tonight. And I was like, sick. Like, I didn't know you listen to house music. And she was like, I don't. I'm like, yeah, never, never, great. Never out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's I think because house music's so fashionable now. But this, um, this is another weird thing, isn't it? Like, I, I do find that like you we as cause we're touring loads and we've been in the industry a long time, you always assume Oh, everyone's seen me. I'm old yeah. now. Everyone's seen me. It's mm. fine. You know, but the amount of people that you still message you and they're like, oh, you know, we still see, I still see replies on comments. I'm like, oh, my 2022 list is definitely to see these yeah. DJs. Boom, 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 and you're in that little list of people. You're like, it's recycling all the time. And and it, yeah, you're right. It could just be that um, people want to be out and want to be in these environments. Yeah. And you just happen to be on the bill on that Friday when they want to go out. And mm. then, you know, you might win someone over. So. I think that's a, that's the best thing for me is I I go into pretty much every club set, even if it's a headline set. Like I'm going in and going. Seventy percent of the people don't know who I am. Yeah, like, that's my that's usually my kind of approach to things. Is like this is why um, you know I've got quite an energetic sort of per performance style when I'm playing. I'm like jumping around. I'm sort of having it, and you know I always treat is cliche and as weird as it sounds, I try and treat every set like it could be your last one, yeah. especially coming out of all the nonsense. Like, But by doing that, I do think you give, big or small, 10 people or 10,000 mm. people, like you give everyone a um, an experience from like, what they should expect yeah. from you. Yeah, I, I always used to hate it when you could read you know, articles um, way before social media when it was like editorial magazine-y stuff. 
and people will be like, yeah, I saw so-and-so and they were really, really bad. You know, it didn't play very well. They did have no energy. And then you're like, yeah, they did six gigs before they got to you and yeah. they haven't slept yet because they've had travel. So by the time they've got to you, like they, you know, they're trying, they're but fucked. they're just not, they haven't, they haven't got it. Yeah. So I think there's a degree of like having an element of performance that you can be um, kind of happy with. But also, there was also like we're all human. So sometimes totally. you are feeling under the weather. You're knackered, or you're this or that. But to try and my motto is to try and keep those two things separate. And no matter if I'm feeling shit, then I'll have a shot of tequila and I'll try and perform. Yeah. And then I'll deal with my tiredness <laughs> or whatever after. Yeah, yeah. yeah, No, totally. For me, is it's exactly the same. It's like that. It, people. My view is people are paying to see you. I have to do my utmost best to make sure that that. 20 quid that they pay to come into the club they are making that that they're gonna get the best of that if you know what i mean yeah yeah 100 percent. You, you, you do have to give it give it everything and as i say i i really felt like getting um back into the, the first couple of weekends of shows in the uk we opened up in july yeah. um this year so the first few shows in july and early august it was like I, I didn't know what it'd be like. I didn't. I had a few reservations and some weird stuff. Right, I was like, right, I've missed missed this completely. It's wholeheartedly missed performing. But when I get in that club, will I like it, or will yeah, I be like, yeah. oh, fucking hell, it's just, it's fun. will I be paranoid that there's loads of people? Will I have anxiety about? I'm I'm stood in front of people. Uh, I've stood in a few streams, but I haven't stood in front of actual people yeah. for like. 18 months so a number of things but my main concern was like will i love this and will this make me tingle in the way that it used to before all this because yeah. i was really paranoid that 18 months seemed like a long time and uh, you know weirdly two or three tracks in and i was like mate it's like i played last week and like <laughs> just it was just like, oh, shit. I mean, it's like riding a bike like, isn't it yeah like no, it was like nothing ever changed it's like no one ever left yeah. and that that was great to, to sort of feel that but i do think yeah, there was there was a few paranoia bits there. It was like, and I imagine there has been some people that have gone back, and then now they're like, well, I don't ever want to do that anymore. Yeah, one hundred percent. has to have been. It's a long, long time, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, why we are the brave? What was the kind of deal between starting the label? Um, so I started the label. Um, I've had a few labels before for mm. like from my sort of profile period and not my kind of professional career, but. I think I was at a stage in my career where I really thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting my own legacy, really. I'm wanting yeah. something in 20, 30 years' time can still be running. Yeah. And I can look back and be like, I created that, you know. Yeah. And I wanted something that was mine. And I felt that my profile was at the right stage to, to launch it, really. But the, the, the sort of branding and the kind of we are the brave yeah. bits around it all was more a kind of, uh, I guess pushing like out their music at the time and being brave to make big decisions, do things differently and push, push music that was exciting. And, and dare I say it like brave releases that were kind of questioning the formulas or trying to do things a bit different. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was the, the original sort of ethos around it. And I, I think, you know, we've, we're sort of six years in now. We're going for a bit of a facelift, actually. So it's like going into 2022, like looking a bit more. Um, you know, we've revamped some of the artwork, mm. the new pack shots, the event artwork's changed a bit and basically just keeping it keeping it fresh. But I think overall, we've we've kept that 
um, ethos may have lost its way. I get a little bit here and there when you mm, start to get totally. quite a big label and you're releasing big records. Um, well, but, it comes with pressure, all, doesn't it? It comes pressure. Like you have two or three big records and then you release another record and it's not big and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, well, and, we also, and also because I, like for me, it was like when you're releasing a lot of music and, you know, some really blow up as massive tracks and then some don't do so well and some do. And yeah, some are like, okay, mm. but uh, you get, you can get a bit stuck in, okay, the, we've got a big fan base now. The label's doing really well. I don't want to put out a record that's got to not do very well. I want yeah. my artists to be kind of, you know, trusting us that their music's going to do really well. That's all good and all well, uh, all said and done. That's all, that's, that's the sort of the, the theory. But then what that does do is it causes you to sometimes not take risks on yeah. certain tracks and not do certain things. You think, mm, I don't know, some people may not get that. We sort of ditched that now and we're back in the, the, the sort of mentality of, well, if we like it, someone else will like it. Yeah. And we, we want to be pushing music that is more kind of um, a bit more, I guess a bit more like out there and a bit more different to everything else. I think nowadays where you've got so many different people writing music and it's so accessible, you've, got to open your ears a little bit it's so easy to be stuck in a kind of you know we only release that st- this kind of sounding stuff that sounding stuff i find it boring people. man i find yeah, it so man. boring when like there's there's old like especially some older like dirty bird used to do it like really well like back in the early 2000s mid 2000s they would everything they released was so fucking weird and so wonderful and yeah. and then it kind of it get, gets into those cogs what you said is like uh, this formula worked, so let's do another one. Oh, of those. We've, been, we've been there with the label. We've yeah. done it where we've been. I've, I've sometimes looked back. As I say, we're, we're, we're six years old coming up this year now. So there's been times where you're like, oh, I was playing it safe a little bit there for that six months of releases. Or, or like, but yeah, right. Some labels have done it for longer and longer. And I think that's when they need, you need a shake up. You yeah. need to be like, hang on. Because what I find with that is you get, you get labeled with. Yeah, that's your sound. Totally. So the only, the only demos you get sound like the last 10 records mm-hmm. you put out. Yeah. Because everyone thinks that's what it needs to sound like. And it gets a bit stale. Like with the demos we're getting now for Brave are um, all over the place. Like not, mm. not in terms of um, uh, uh, genre. Obviously, it's all techno music or like kind of um, club music. But it's like interesting stuff so we get yeah. we're getting people that might send us something and they might even say in their opening kind of sentence like mm, i don't know if this is going to fit brave but like, i'm sending it to you because i know you kind of have a little go on stuff yeah and that's what excites me that people can i want people to like pick up when i was you know a kid and you listen to kind of xl records r and exactly. um, yeah. uh, warp records and all these and i would i would buy those records and sometimes, because back when you're not getting previews of stuff online, mm. I'd buy a record without even hearing it, yeah. thinking, when I get home, I can't wait to see what this sounds like, rather than, you know, goodbye and going, oh, that'll just be some drivel that's been this past release. And you're buying something to put it on and be like, this, is this going to inspire me? Is this going to be exciting? And all of those old record labels, you had, it didn't matter what they put out, they were like, just going for it. it. I mean, out. that's what I yeah. wanted to get brave to be like more like that, you know. T- Tiger's Turbo <laughs> Records or Turbo Recordings does that for me still. Like yeah. some of the stuff they he puts out is weird as fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't play this, but I like this. There's something about this. And I, I really respect that. Same with Alex down at Hypercolor. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the yeah. stuff they put out. But I think by, by being that, from from a label standpoint you, your fans actually get to 
understand that that's what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think for me as well, it's it, we've all, I've always wanted to do that as a fan perspective, and I, th- I feel like now the new era of kind of dance music 2.0 where we're out of the kind of covid stuff and we're all having another crack at it and we're, we're, we're putting a lot more focus on really becoming and doing that and putting more effort into doing it but i guess i guess from a business point of view which is the kind of side the punters don't see and you you know you own a label and that, you get to you, you in your head you've got to get out of the mentality of me thinking uh beatport are going to list that as something else or whatever yeah. and you're like it should be in that genre yeah not that genre and you know, we, we just need to accept that we've all got to play a part and not just label stuff. Like, not shaming people, I love people, no. you know, yeah, obviously, yeah. of course. But there are some times where I'm dropping music out and they put it as something which is completely... I mean, we've all got ears, yeah. it isn't that. So don't list it as that because then it's a problem. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's spot like Spotify, uh, Apple Music. They're yeah, all the same. People. It's a, lot, a lot of people do this, yeah. this stuff. A lot, of, a lot of download sites will basically go... Um, oh, your label's your label's techno, so that's a, a peak time techno track. But yeah. actually, it might be that we've just dropped a breaks track. Mm. You put it, you know, because that's what your label is. And I, from their point of view, it's like your fan base is in that genre, but you're 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 eliminating other people hearing it. So I just think if 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 I'm going to push brave records and push music that's exciting and a bit different, all within the spectrum of what we do, yeah. all playable to a DJ and all yeah. playable to me, you, and anyone else. But with tinges of other stuff going on to make it exciting, let's let's not just pigeonhole genres because otherwise we're we're, we're doing this for no, for no reason. No one's mm. going to hear it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I think it's really important for labels to be doing that because I think especially now, I think there's majority of labels are not looking at at it like that. They're they're like let's fucking knuckle down on what we're known for and let's make some money and let's kind yeah. of coin out because we've had nearly two years of a lot of record labels weren't even releasing music during the pandemic because no, exactly. they're like, let's just hold out because we write yeah. club music and they can't be heard. Um, I think it's like, I think it go it, it makes your label into uh yeah, like you said, like a legacy label that just, yeah. it, it, and we, we've got some exciting stuff as well. I've got another label called apex, which is like, still another play on the predator yeah. stuff lions apex predators blah, blah, blah. but basically apex is a sister label of brave which is more pushing like ambient chill electronica mm. kind of different sounding stuff you know i, I release on there under my alias um estranged which yeah. is free strange. and i yeah we've got a lot of stuff coming this year on that label as well um and yeah we do, i'm excited about about kind of the you know, pushing that sort of music really and even for me i've got so much music coming this year mm. as alan fitzpatrick it's insane um probably like a release a month for all and like throughout the whole year based on the fact that because i because i did machine therapy which came yeah. out in november you obviously got a 12 month exclusivity period where you're doing your album stuff you're dropping singles yeah. so i've while yeah, you know, as you know, punters may not always understand, but when you have signed an album, you might have written a lot of that eight mm. months ago. So yeah. between that eight months, you've written 20 more tunes. So they all end up getting stacked on a shelf like, okay, well, you know, until this is out and everyone's kind of digested this, I'm still writing music every day. So I'm totally. still making loads of music. So now I've got to a stage where that album's out and it's doing its thing and that's great. And now I've got to kind of filter in all the other music I've released, yeah. I've made over the last sort of eighteen months. So I've got so much stuff to come out, and 
you know, I, I, I'm, it makes you paranoid. You're like, should I sit and write new music when I've got all this to come out? But I think that's just the meal. I'm like, get that out, and then we'll start working on other stuff. And yeah. it's exciting. Lots of new music this year. It's, so it's, really it's nice when it's like that. I'm, I'm exactly the same. Like, I generally work like a year in advance. So I'm now writing records for 2023, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Because all my records are done for this year already. Um, but I think it takes a lot of pressure off for me. I don't know about you, but for me, it's like I I have done the days of like, oh, shit, I need to work out what my next release is. I need to work out my next release. But the joys of having your own record label is that you don't actually have to fucking worry about when your next release <laughs> yeah. is coming out because you can yeah, just be exactly. like, okay, these are the dates that I'm taking. I'm putting a release out and, and it's done. Yeah. What's uh? What was it like? I know you've done a few albums now. Um, what is the process like for you when you write an album? Do you sit down and be like, album time? Or do you like, no, let's just write a bunch of fucking records and see what works? Um, for, for Machine Therapy, it was a lot more like, you know, that Shadows in the Dark that I did on Drum Code. It's been, it was like 10 years yeah. since I dropped um, that to Machine Therapy. So I was like, right, you know, a decade is a good time. Mm. I mean, I should put another album out. I mean, not that I haven't been pretty... I mean, I've been probably released every month in, yeah. throughout that 10 years, you know, or, or at least every couple of months. Yeah. So I've been, I've been putting... My output's been there, but I just haven't put it all together as 12 tracks. It's been mm. like a two-track EP, a four-track EP. You know what I mean? And a few big like you know longer ones six track eps yeah. and stuff like that those were more kind of collections of tracks that were just that worked together on an ep but for machine therapy was a lot more i'm going to write an album yeah. so i'm gonna each time i was in the studio I, I was focused on you know this may or may not be on the album obviously you know 12 tracks i think on machine therapy i probably wrote 35 tracks yeah you are like picking from that but the process was these are all potentials if you know what i mean mm. um so I did write with 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 sort of album in mind, but not to the point where you're like, right, okay, that well, that will be definitely be the first one, and yeah. I, I need a I need a sort of ambient interlude mid mid album thing. And, you know, none of that. It was just like it came together quite nice once I had all the music, but it was it was definitely written in a sort of coherent plan to release as a body of work. Yeah. Were you writing like extended versions and then cutting them down for Spotify and or is the Spotify version the the original? For for a bunch of them I I was sort of sticking around that like under five minute yeah. method based on the fact that I originally I wanted to just make sure I could get at least twelve tracks on the album and it would run to around about an hour. I find that especially with an album, I think if you run over an hour I mean, some people, some people, um, you know, people in the game that I, you know, I, I rate very highly will, will be like forty minutes. As you, like, you get over that, and then you fucked it. You know. Yeah. I think I think for someone to sit and listen to an album, you can you can lose a bit of their attention going beyond an hour. Um, Especially nowadays. Nowadays, yeah. But 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 to answer the question in terms of was I writing things. Um, with that in mind, there's a few few sort of ambient, more kind of melodic bits generally fitted around around that four and a half five minutes. But most of the the, the singles all come out of extended mixes. But I would have chopped the album version would yeah. have been would have been chopped once I've finished the track. Yeah. So I probably like warning signs and stuff like that. I, I don't think we've taken too much off of that, but call out for love and some others they were like eight minute tunes mm. um which of them on the on the album they're three and a half minutes but yeah. no one's ever heard the eight do you know what i mean it's yeah. my version that i might yeah. gig with 
Um, it's weird that, isn't yeah, it? When Because, uh, like, it's weird when you're like, okay, the album version has to be, or even just the Spotify or the, the DSP edit has to be shorter just because for the algorithms. But, like, yeah. it's it's weird when you have a record. Because like, we all know, especially with electronic records, some of them, they need eight minutes. Oh, 100%. And what, what what's mad is before all this kind of stuff was a thing, um, you know, like We Do What We Want is a perfect example. Mm. That, that obviously came out in 2016, and that's had like 20 million view, yeah. uh, streams or whatever. It's nine, nearly nine minutes. <laughs> if I'd have known, I'd have made it three minutes and had 40 million streams. You know what I mean? I did, at the time, I was like, just put the record out. And I, you don't, But nowadays, people are like, oh, you can't put an eight-minute track on Spotify. That won't get in any playlists. And probably rightly so. It probably yeah. won't. But so I think... Nowadays, it's 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 so normal to have an extended version on the release because you've got like one for for the kind of for the listener, uh, which is kind of straight. In. And I guess it makes sense. As someone that's cooking their dinner, yeah, don't really want four minutes of kick drums no. until a drop. You know, they just want bosh drop. Yeah, you know, we, we, we all, all of our longer mixes are so that we can have a three minute mix of it in a club before it drops. You yeah, know, yeah. they don't need to hear that kind of. You know, hi hat nine oh nine and a ride for like two and a half minutes before the baseline comes in. Yeah, I mean that doesn't matter. Yeah, so no, it, it, it's, sometimes it's cool to have the edits, but I think yeah. Uh, well, some having, of, some of my favorite like albums, like Faithless, the Insomnia album, or whatever album that was on, like the intro to Insomnia was literally like four minutes long on, oh, mate, on the really album. Yeah, I, I've I've got um some old albums that you used to listen in the car and it'd be like before because if you've got short journeys of stuff it used to do my head in especially yeah stuff like insomnia is a great one as when you're a kid and you're like listening to that and it doesn't drop before you get to work no you're like, oh, I've just done the build up, <laughs> and now i'm off the bus it's so annoying yeah it's like, like two minutes of church bells yeah, and exactly. then it's it then it's like a weird record and then it goes into the actual record but there's something also about that whereas like they're not thinking about the listener. They're thinking about purely what works. Yeah, exactly. And there's something kind of so organic about that where now you can't, maybe just because we're all too business focused. Yeah, yeah. Like I bet Burial doesn't sit down and go, nah, this record has to be three minutes long. Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. like I bet he goes, fuck them. Exactly. Yeah, like that's the thing. I mean, some someone like him, and you're like, yeah, that tune's 29 minutes. But what's cool about some of that stuff, especially people like Burial, is that it, you, it almost feels like you're listening to an album because it changes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the first four minutes of say like that new Ravers EP, where it was mm. quite a long track. Yeah. I use that as an example. The first like four minutes, and nothing like the last four minutes. Yeah. Like it's a totally different tune. It's almost like you've done a continuous mix of an album and yeah. then put it out as one track you know which is was quite cool but you are you are you are right and I, I can't get out of that mentality that we are all you know your next release 100 percent fall into the algorithms that you can get it in a playlist and so will mine because you you do if you just disregard that you like you're not where you want to be with everyone else do you know what i mean totally, totally. there's only so many people that will go well, that's a bit knobby. Why are you doing that? Well, because it's cool. You know, I'll make 16 minute tunes because eventually no one's going to listen to your music. Yeah. And no you know one's going to book you. you. think you're cool and it is, yeah, it can be cool and it can be up, up yours to the kind of algorithms. But ultimately, 
when you start seeing bookings do slide down like that and your 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 listing figures slide down, you think, why has it happened? Because no one's putting you in front of your fans <laughs> because the music's too long. Yeah, it's weird though, isn't it, to think though that that tech companies have have changed the listening span of people or the atten- yeah, I the think, attention span. I, I think I think a lot of stuff's played into it. So. I think even stuff like Instagram's 15 second limit on videos yeah. and stuff like that, it's been, what it's done is it's fucked everyone's attention spans yeah. to be like, oh, that's that's a minute and a half long. I can't watch that. But if yeah. it's 15 seconds of a dog falling off a chair, then sweet, I'll it's watch that. the best that. thing, yeah. You know, and and then, I'll, watch and it, I'll watch it 15 times because yeah, it's fucking great. Because it's so short. Yeah. And, but, then that, but then that's 15 plays versus one, isn't it? Exactly. So it, it, everyone's, everyone's caught, got caught up in it and put put music and, and other things in, in, in that in that same kind of like way of consuming stuff. Like it's that scroll by yeah. culture, do you know what I mean? Something to grab your attention quickly and if it doesn't, it's like bosh, bosh, you know, yeah. get out of my No, but, definitely. Uh, I, I don't know. How, how do you fix that? Because that's what, what I worry about is, I mean, we're, we're all sort of millennials or whatever else we're in that we're in that world. Mm. So we know that that's, that's the case. But how, I don't, know how you would ever get it to not be like that it's almost like you just adapt and evolve with the way it is because you can't change it it's not going to go backward you're never going to change it and there's so many people that try and fight against it but you're in the situation like you said people that fight it and just go down and down and down there's no and respect to them for fighting it but i do think you've really got to believe in something to do that and then accept that what's going to happen is going to happen i mean you've got a you know, if somebody said to me, right, no one's going to hear your music on these big playlists and your new music's not going to get in front of new fans unless you take a minute and a half off. I'll yeah. fucking take a minute and a half off exactly. then because that's fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, not, not that you're going to sell out on that culture, but ultimately I want people to hear my music. I make music for people to hear it. Yeah. So, um, music, you know, music, mu- music's for the masses. The case, music's, yeah. <laughs> music's, what's your thoughts on this NFT stuff? Oh man, I'm I'm still a bit kind of wet behind the ears with it all, you know. I mean, I've I think it's exciting. It's it's always exciting to to have kind of new new things, but I don't know. I, th- I, I worry about it with NFTs. I'm, I'm a bit of a crypto head anyway. I've got money in Bitcoin. I do a bit of that. Yeah. Not at any high level at all. I mean, I'm shit. I'll probably lose what I put in. But my mates are good at it, so they tell me what I need to be doing. <laughs> um, but ultimately, like the only thing that worries me about NFTs is alienating fan bases because there's there's a lot of people that aren't into crypto or yeah. ethereum or any digital currency to or, or not necessarily currency but digital things at all so yeah. by me saying okay i'm going to release a track and it's only going to be available on a one-time nft and when you buy that nft you get all the parts to it and i you you, you have the rights to the parts i don't yeah but that's a cool thing for a but ultimately you might have another million fans i think oh, i'd be well cool to have that like yeah. i can't get access to that so i think until it's a sort of kind of thing that everyone can get involved in it's it's it is tough that being said the only way to get more people into stuff is to make it exciting and do it do you know yeah. what i mean so maybe maybe that will help get people more into that side of yeah, I think it's about not making it as as exclusive and kind of allowing like especially in our scene like for nfts as to like as tickets or as like 
fan club shit or something I, I like, like I like I like the whole one of one yeah approach of stuff. But I would I I'm worried about kind of it's obviously great and and the fact the fact that it's kind of got a resale, isn't it? So yeah. say you you did an NFT, you minted an NFT, you sold it to one of your fans. I mean, they can then sell that for whatever they want to sell it for. And then you still get paid from that. Yeah, you still get paid from it. And I kind of, the, the way that it was obviously pioneered was for me that I, when I first saw the NFT stuff, was around the, um, like the NBA trading card yeah. stuff. Some of my mates have got some that are ridiculous. I don't know why. I don't, I don't understand why you want to give 20 grand to have a, <laughs> a kind of gif of LeBron James dunking. That's it. That's yeah. all you got. Like why? Just, I could Google that and find the same video. <laughs> I don't, some of it, I'm like, some of it, I'm like, and, and they're like, no, no, you don't understand because like you get the card and then that's attached to it, and then like you know that's mine now. I've got that. Yeah. So you know, some of it, some of it's mad, and some of it's mad money, and the, the, the money side of it, as well as that's cool and it, you know it's good to earn some money on stuff. Like that, I do worry that that's the side that can push out a fan base. 100 percent no one should be paying 20 grand for a trade a digital trading card that is doesn't even 20 grand for a trading card that you can hold and maybe put in a laminate and be like this is actually quite rare yeah to one that is basically a double click on your desktop do you know what i mean for your for your metaverse for, yeah, to, to hang in your, in your metaverse it's, it's mad you know, I, I, I collect a lot of art in my house. I've got a lot of Dave White stuff. He's one of my mm. favourite artists. I've got, you know, pictures and stuff of him. Uh, he, you know, paints a lot of, like, realism stuff, animals and everything else. So I've got a lot of his stuff. Um, anyone you, that doesn't know Dave White stuff. Would you out. pay 20 grand for that, though? Uh, no, but I would <laughs> pay 20 grand because I can touch, feel it and hold yeah, it. Yeah. Well, well, that's what I was going to get to. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay crazy money for a Dave White nft yeah because i feel like i want the physicality of holding it or not that you ever would but if i wanted to i could smash the glass and rip the fucking painting up mm. because it's mine you know, yeah. i've got it here it's mm. hard when it's like a digital thing but I, I, maybe that's the old schoolness of people that you know in 20 years time this would be the weirdest conversation ever because people are like nfts are normal everyone's got nfts yeah but that'll be the same time when we're all releasing 30 second tracks <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a couple of there's a couple of playlists on spotify um the the i think it's called the sad cow or something playlist where i don't know if you know about it but he owns the playlist it's got like it's the biggest playlist on spotify like hands down right. and he makes all the music for it and or signs all the music for it and each record's 30 seconds and each because spotify spotify's rules are like the record to count for one stream. For it, an track, it has it, to be that long. It has to be 30 seconds. But it's a stream, 30 seconds, and then that counts as one stream. Yeah, but because it's because the track length is only 30 seconds, they don't have to listen to the whole 30 seconds. They literally just have to turn it on. So this dude right. is like generating insane amounts of money from just background music, 30 seconds long. He he invests yeah, a lot of money is, into it. Is it like a is it I'm gonna check it out after we've chatted, but is it is it a text? or is it like music or is it like when you drop like a vinyl sound in the background or like a, it's like a, almost like a field recording or is it it's like trip hop like really chill trip hop okay. stuff so it's like yeah i f like it's mad what what that what they're generating like cash wise yeah. and but i i kind of like that it's kind of like fuck the system that is the other the other yeah. side of what we're saying is that it's like fuck it that's let's just the thing what, 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 
what you don't get nowadays as so much of is shit like that. It's like somebody yeah. going, okay, that's how you want to do it. Then I'll beat you at your own game. Exactly. Like I remember back in, I don't know if it was in the, um, I can't remember who did it, but there was a, years ago when vinyl was insane and everyone was, you know, spending loads of money on vinyl and, you know, releases are doing 40,000 copies and stuff like that. And you had some of these massive labels going, right, everyone's eating up this vinyl and everyone's eating up the fact that it's exciting. We're going to put a record out and it's going to have nothing on either side. It's going to blank record um and people went mad and bought it yeah everyone bought it i was like you've got to have that because obviously that's limited it's like there's no music on it it's yeah. like a blank record it's like buying when supreme released a brick yeah and everyone went nuts and what a brick is a house brick with a supreme logo on it like what i mean i'll probably buy that it's shit like that shit like that i find i, I would buy it because i'm like the balls of it like the absolute yeah. balls to put that in the shop so, yeah, fair play to them people for doing that because there's not enough in in the seventies, eighties, nineties, even early two thousands. There was a lot more ways to go. Fuck you to the music industry, mm. uh, uh, big wigs. Yeah. Uh, when I say music industry, I don't mean punters. I mean the, the, the what controls it. Yeah. And go, we're going to do it this way. And if you don't like that, then then you do one because this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. You can't really do that to no. a degree now. It's like you can do that, and they'll go, "Bye, we don't support you anymore." Yeah. And then you're like, "Whoa!" You know, the, the power on top of you is way more than it used to be. You used to be able to make things happen by doing things differently. Nowadays, it's more harder to do that. Yeah. Have you seen the Shep Gordon documentary? Yeah, yeah. He was like the biggest king of just like fuck them. Let's just do what yeah, the fuck yeah. we want and. Like, he was the main reason why, like, pretty much every big rock star and every big chef in the world is actually that famous now because he kind of just, like, paved a way for his artists to just be like, let's just do the most obscene things. Like, yeah, like, and then also, like, PR stuff, PR exactly. stunts and stuff to make things be mental. Like, you know, I just, it, like, all that stuff's exciting. I think, you know, grabbing new fans by doing more mad stuff like that is, is a good way. I just, it's very hard nowadays to, to do it or to do it in a way that um, people understand why you've done it. Like, if you did yeah. something mental now, most people will go, you just want likes. Yeah. And you're, at, you're actually doing it for the opposite. You know, yeah. no, no, I'm trying to say that you don't need those. Yeah. But the minute you did something crazy and posted it online and you're trying, even if you were saying in the video, this isn't for me to get likes, this is trying to explain that you don't need them. People go, yeah, I'll see what you're doing here. Yeah. You need just, you just want us to give you likes. It's like, get out of the head space. <laughs> for fuck's sake. It's, it's, it's stressful. It's hard because it's so hard to just, be authentic that's the thing yeah. it, it, to be your authentic self is it should technically be the easiest thing but because the way tech companies are now you kind of have to abide by their what their what their rules are and yeah. like facebook there's certain things that like one one day your video will get 20,000 views and the next day you'll post like a week later you'll post the pretty you could post this the same video and it would get like 200 views and you're like fucking yeah, yeah. hell I, I still never understand all of that stuff i yeah. still never get it and but all and all these companies are guilty of lots of things you know like i always say i don't know if you've seen or if you've done posting on any of this like covid stuff or no. something that mentioned even if it doesn't mention covid it comes out of this like disclaimer yeah. on on these like on instagram or and it's you've mentioned covid click here for covid rules yeah. right why can it not do that on online bullion or like this sort of stuff because it's exactly the same yeah even if you haven't put the word in it knows what you're talking about yeah. so they're definitely disregarding stuff that they 
know that they're disregarding and yeah. putting on other stuff where they are just doing it because they think it's the right thing to do. So it's, it's fucked. It's weird. This, this, is, this is why I really like the concept of NFT and like the Web 3.0 because it actually takes out the middleman of the big companies um, and it decentralizes the big companies so that it's not just a CEO running it. It's, yeah, yeah. Which, which is kind of the concept that I love. It's just about bringing the core community to you. However, by doing that, you do alienate a lot of people that don't actually give a fuck about us that much to like yeah. get involved fully. Um, yeah. I mean, you see what you, we, that's, that's another thing, isn't it? You've always got a degree of your fan base that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they like you. They like your music. They'll play your music until they you know get bored of it but they're also like yeah i don't like it that much yeah we're all the same right like how many artists do you listen to that you wouldn't be fucked to go and see live you're yeah, not going to buy a ticket like, and then how many artists yeah. do you go you'll go see them live but you won't buy a t-shirt yeah yeah exactly that's probably most people exactly like, yeah. we struggle, we all struggle with that i'm like how, how how is that but you're right it's it, there's some hardcore people yeah that want that stuff and there's yeah. other people that are like yeah gig was wicked yeah. and there's also people that you're like no i kind of like them i'm doing nothing today i could go oh, i will go maybe i'll go no i won't go yeah i'll go are you going i'll go we'll go totally <laughs> Do you know what i mean totally man like totally mate i know you have to get on um we've literally just done an hour um and i don't want to run mate, that was shot by yeah mate these conversations go on quickly it's fucking wild <laughs> just gone uh, forever we can we can come back and do another one yeah mate sounds wicked um before we go let's do the promo shit that everyone has to do um uh, machine therapy out now what have you got coming out in the next couple of months so we've got um a load of remixes of uh, machine therapy that should be dropping over the next um well the jody wistanoff one has actually just come out this Sick. week actually mm-hmm. um and then, yeah, we're dropping a few more um, remixes. And then I think March time, we'll have a full remix album Amazing. Um, of of the tracks. And then going into sort of April and beyond, I think my next release outside of the sort of albumy stuff is a, I've done a, a track with DJ Dion, which is coming out on Shall Not Fade. He's such a dude, man. I love that guy. Yeah. Love so that. that's coming out, and then I think um, May, 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 June, July. I've got some releases coming on Armada with Reset Robot. Nice. Um, a track a release on Brave. Uh, I think I'm doing something with Factory Ninety Three. Sick. Um, so yeah, it's just, there's loads of stuff going on. It's, um, a few release dates are still a bit a bit liquid, so I don't know specifically when some stuff's coming, but there's loads of new music from me coming over the next 12 months on various imprints so yeah i'm excited amazing man um thanks for coming on keep safe and hopefully see you in a club scene yeah nice man cheers fella take it easy mate yeah take it easy keep safe big love bye and that's a wrap big love for listening don't forget to subscribe don't forget to give us some ratings comment if you want share it to your mates share it to your family your grand maybe she might like it. Have a wonderful week. Keep safe. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.